1: is Jason Urusi. Thanks for being on the show again, Jason.
0: Hey, thanks, Whitney.
1: How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great amongst all the chaos. Doing great. How about yourself?
0: <laughs> yeah, same here. We're just talking offline, right? It's, uh, for our young kids on both our sides, it's pretty much like they don't know what's going on, so they're just going about their their business and to watch so many other people that do know affect in so many ways, it's it's unfortunate. It's going to be interesting, I'd say that
1: it is going to be interesting. And, and you know, Jason was a guest actually not long after we started the show, on show WS45. He was also on show WS337. And uh, and so even that's been a good while ago now. So, but a little about Jason, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those shows as a listener, but also just know he founded Yurusi Holdings, a multifamily investment firm with over 800 units under management. He hosts the Multifamily Foundation, a podcast that provides actionable content. Content and tools to build and strengthen your business, covering all things multifamily from finding deals to raising money to asset management. And he's the founder of the New Jersey Multifamily Foundation Club with over 2,000 members that focuses on real estate syndication, multifamily investing, and trains others on the success formula to buying apartment buildings at multifamilyfoundation.com. Him and his wife, Peely, are amazing. They put out some amazing content almost daily, right?
0: We do. We just keep putting it out there. I think, you know, we, we just keep it going and just try and keep the energy. And right now is a, uh, a good time. People need to hear the good word that, you know, this yeah. is a rough time. And the couple of things we know is this is going to pass, right? It's not going to end exactly how we see it. So we can't worry about all the, the worst case scenario because whatever you worry about, it's not going to end like that. And uh, the sun will come up tomorrow.
1: Yeah, so you know one of Jason's superpowers is asset management, and I I think I've even heard that from other people, Jason. So I I can't remember if it was somebody that partnered with you all at one time or something, but just really bragged on you for that as well. And so, well, I thought it was it's a great topic too amongst what's happening right now uh, in our country and even worldwide, but specifically in multifamily. I'd love to just dive into that, Jason, and us talk about just ways you make properties perform. You know, and we can't always raise the rents, and this is a great. I mean, it's just a great time right now to talk about that because obviously we can't raise the rents, maybe like we were projecting, but we still need the properties to perform at the best that we possibly can make them. And, but let's just jump in. Why don't you get us started with some ways that maybe you all are increasing value or making your properties perform, and, and we'll jump into some asset management.
0: Sure. Yeah. And thank you again for having me. So, you know, potentially we'll touch on two parts, right? We'll touch a little bit on, I guess, property triage right now. And then also just if we, weren't in this. What we do for some areas where we look at the properties outside in and we focus on rents last. But if you want to talk on property triage first, some of the main things you have to look at right now is that we don't know ultimately what's going to happen in April. You know, There's going to be tenants that just can't pay rent, tenants that may choose not to pay rent, and tenants that pay rent. And we can estimate and hopefully see how that pans out. And Maybe there'll be money coming down that will hopefully help tenants help people really keep on pace without having too much disruption overall past what they've already had in their life. But you really need to look at your business and we're just like businesses overall right now and see where you can cut the fat, right? There's so many things that happen. And if you just think about you and I, right, from a certain day, I bet, you know, you sign up for these subscriptions that you don't even pay attention to and you're paying out $5 or $10 or these little things that are going out right now. And those are happening month to month. There's little nickel and dime things, but those eat away and the same thing in the property. So if you have a lot of little bills that are happening on your properties, you really want to get down and get to nitty gritty. What are these costs? Because if you're not going to have revenues coming in, if you can cut down these little costs in the bottom line here, that can substantially cut back here and help you, right? And so you can think about you know, if you're having some extra use on certain areas like electricity, you have common areas that, that are being left on all the light running all the time, or you have certain things where you're not Training your tenants properly, which is a big thing, right? Especially if you're buying C-class property, you're not taking care of the property to pay attention to who's having running water. One of the main things we'll come on to when we take on a building is we'll let the tenants know that we want to fix the problems they have. And they get accustomed to having prior ownership who may have not taken care of the building right. And so they'll just say, oh, you know, I'm not going to call down because they're not going to come fix things. And next thing you know, you got a leaky toilet or a running faucet that happens for two, three, four, five months. Well, that's just money literally running right down the drain. So we make sure that we do a water walk to start, go through all the units, identify problems, identify areas, and then we'll also continually have a rapport with the tenant base to make sure that they're up in ante to make sure they call us. And we'll find doing that, it will cut down our water bill from times 10 to 15%, and we'll couple that doing another water savings program where it doesn't cost a lot of money, and maybe right now you may hold off on CapEx problems, but another part that we'll put into there is we'll go and change out all the toilets for low flush toilets. We'll go in and change out all the faucets and shower heads with aerators. And that we've had at times that it cut down our water bill over 30%. And if you look at that from a value standpoint, we've had that increase our building value by a couple hundred thousand dollars, three, four hundred thousand dollars at a time. i just changing. Nice.
1: That's well worth it. Are y'all doing rebs as well?
0: Uh, so we'll do that usually at first if we can't do rubs. Some properties, sometimes you always want to identify what you can do, right? So we had a property where we thought we could do rubs, but the reason we didn't do rubs is because there was a surrounding property owner who owned over 300-something units, and that was the majority of units in the area, and he chose not to do rents. And what you'll find is you have to be very careful where if the market could warrant that you still have to be selective based on the other landlords around you. Because that owner not doing that basically set the tone for the neighborhood. So there was another owner who tried to do that. He actually separately metered all the units and then wouldn't build back tenants. And the tenants paid rent, refused to pay the water bill. And so you, now he you had another decision. Okay, do I evict all these tenants because they're not paying the water bill? Well, he chose. He actually now paid the three dollars $4,000 to separately meter each unit. Then now is now back paying the, paying the water bill. You have to be highly informed about what the other properties are doing around you, specifically the largest property, because that's basically going to rule the area where you can basically level up to do what that owner is doing. But if you do something that's so outside the box to really affect your tenant base, you may get pushbacks from the tenants because they're going to find that that owner's strategy is dominating the market.
1: Mm. Okay, nice. So... Water walk. I love how you call it a water walk and finding ways that you can cut water usage. And and you talked about educating your tenants, too, uh, whether it's common areas or ways we can cut power. A lot of common areas probably right now are not being used anyway or shouldn't be. Yeah, we should be educating our tenants about not using them. Uh, But keep going on ways that we can increase the value of our property without increasing our rents uh, or ways that maybe we hadn't thought of.
0: Sure. So right now, and then we're going to go back to billing. I would definitely be looking, you have time now, right? So I'd be looking at all the contracts I have and see where I can cut the fat in those contracts. Take the time to go out there and source what will be some competitive fees because generally you may not pay attention, but each year as you allow these contracts to roll over, they may have garnered in increases that are happening, or they may be putting in increases that they are just updating you as you go. And you're not paying attention that you're actually paying over market because you haven't sourced the market again. You Think about that from landscape to pest or other ones. Also, if you do have these things that aren't happening right now, like pest or anything, is there any sideline where you're not paying that payment? So you want to see what payments can be sidelined right now that are not of major importance, that are not dominating to the property, that you can maybe take that off, right? So if you're having these things where maybe you're in a warmer area, you're not going to pool cleaning for a while, can you put the pool on hold for the month and really cut back on that cost? And these are just little cost savers for now, but that may be important to some people here who are maybe into the repositioning phase, maybe a little bit sure on cash flow. For us, we're all we are looking at the market in terms of income. You do want to make a choice here now too, as you go into asset management is, are you going to, like our philosophy is we don't re- accept partial payments. So as you're going in here now too, you want to look at how you're going to work with your tenants throughout this plan here. Are you going to accept partial payments? Are you going to work with them through the process? Are you going to try and give someone rent credit? Are you going to maybe, if you are leasing up, not in an application fees? Because what we will do when we're bringing on a new property is we're going to see what is not being used optimally for this property that does not fit with the market. So, you know, a property, for instance, may not have a tenant screening process. So, when we take that property on, you know, we'll start charging application fees. We'll go in there and look at the other fees that can come online. We'll put on a moving fee, and that moving fee will be good because that will bring us income to the bottom line. So, right now, if you are going to charge a deposit, what you could do right now is go in there and change it over to a moving fee and couple that with a sure bond. And what that could do here is that could provide you additional income right now today if you are having leases when you need that income instead of now having that money that's going to be sitting there sidelined, that's going to be out there for a, a year depending on that lease term that you potentially going to have to, you know, maybe you'll get some of it at the end, but it's just be sideline money. So that'd be extra income that you can bring online right now that can hopefully couple against the income that you're not having in from other tenants.
1: And you call it a move-in fee,
0: yeah. So it's basically a property or a unit ready fee. And so what we'll do is we'll generally do this coupled with a sure bond. That sure bond will generally cover up to about a month's rent right there. And so we'll find that doing this here, we get the income up front, the tenants pay for our sure bond, and we'll charge for the moving fee plus the sure bond, slightly less than it will be for the security deposit. So it'll still be appealing to the tenants because they're paying less than they would have to do for that security bond. But it still covers us for the point then after a year, if they do have damage, we're covered by that sure bond that they are putting on there. So we're not completely out in the wind. But that becomes another whole income driver for us. So we can add that on, especially now where we do have leases and people are still going to lease. Remember... Although we did have the income or it's called tax returns, your tax return payments get delayed and get on that point, people still did file for their taxes, people are still getting their tax returns back. This is still a predominantly strong leasing season. So as this opens up, there will be leases that happen people do need to have someone to live. And ultimately it's a weird tax people are having trouble paying rent. But something that's different than you know, twelve years ago is that we are still at a complete housing. Constraint right now they're not building at a point here to keep up we're actually the opposite effect or i'm sorry we're actually uh, we're having a lot more people that need housing compared to the number of housing units that are being brought online so they're still going to be leasing so if we can use that leasing to our advantage here and see where we can bring in other income drivers right if you can add on pet fees or add on these little fees right here that can assist with the property we give you a little other income generators here that help triage and some of the other rent come in that's going to be a nice way that you can look on bringing value to your property while you're still trying to sustain from the other tenants that are not coming back online.
1: Yeah. So right now with everything that's happening, obviously with the coronavirus, everything that's happening, you know, you mentioned about, you know, accepting partial payments. And, and I just wonder your take on that maybe before the virus versus, and also going forward, you know uh, what your stance was and, you know, is that going to change?
0: Sure. So yeah, we did not accept partial payments before. That is a practice, ultimately, if it was someone who was making a partial payment we they were a bad actor, then it just sets off the delays if we did have to go to eviction. Now, on that fact, we are reassessing that now because you are gonna look at a point here where there's a common place here where we want people to pay rent, but we understand this is a unforeseen time, right? This is a time here where this was caused by something that was not into the quote-unquote renters or our control. So we are going to work with them, whether or not we do that, or we transition. Even if they're some of the funds, and put this into the back part of the lease right there, and then extend, make them do it a lease rider to extend the lease, because we do want to have the same part where we need to hedge occupancy at the same time. If we're going to have a you know fifty percent of the building, worst case seventy percent of the building, who knows? At this point, you know, we're trying to understand what the tenants' obligations are currently to get a better feel of what's going to happen. But ultimately, we're not going to know truly you know, that you can have people tell you what they want, truly what's going to happen until we get into this April forecast here. Plus, you're going to look at if they do get money from the government. Ultimately, you think of it from a tenant's perspective, if the tenant's having trouble with their finances right now, their financials, and that point comes up where they get a check, I don't know if their first, I guess, opportunity or first want is going to go run and pay the landlord right? They may have to worry about more with family and everything else first.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a difficult balance, isn't it? We've never done partial payments either for the exact reason you've said, but people are going to have some hard times. And like you said, we don't want them to leave, but it's hard to balance that. And we want to work with people as well.
0: And we'll get through it. I kind of yeah. think it's like, uh, you remember that movie, Twister? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so they would I just keep thinking of this movie, right? It's, um I don't know why it came up to my mind, but it's it's that old movie about the you know them chasing tornadoes, right? And they're out there chasing tornadoes and like right at the end's like the climax of the movie and they finally are like chasing us and then the tornado turns and it's coming right at them, right? And then they run, they find cover and they find cover in this old barn. This old barn has all these tools up there, these knives and forks and now they're gonna have this tornado hit with all these knives around. They then they run, and they find themselves and they put themselves right to that piping, right? And then they change right. themselves to the piping, all of a sudden now they have the I of the storm right over top and everything's flying away and all of a sudden now they look up into this beautiful part right here and then it all moves on. And that's kind of how it's gonna be, right? You're gonna have the eye of the storm over you. It's gonna <laughs> happen for a lot of other people, whether you're not the storm is going to pivot at you in some way when you don't expect it. And then all of a sudden it's gonna be over and everybody's gonna, gonna move forward and we're all gonna get through this.
1: Yes. So, you know, around the asset management piece, anything specifically that you all are planning outside of, you know, like the partial payments or the move in fees, anything else, you know, that you all are planning or ways to prepare to better manage, let's say two months from now.
0: So, we are being as proactive with our tenant base as possible. We've provided letters, we've provided full updates, we have text alerts, we have constantly foregoing on with the tenants, especially now as we want to limit the need for them to come to the office. We've made it, we facilitated ways for them to pay rent in a number of different forms, whether or not they want to go and pay ACH or have other ways they can pay online to be able to do this to facilitate rent payments so they don't have to come out and drop off a check. We also are looking at to see really with guidance, our they having trouble currently or is this going to be a new scenario right just looking at past collections of where we are we have a pretty good read on where that was honestly we had Funny enough, we had two evictions go through on one property and we've had our lowest collection since we've taken over. So it's a funny circumstance here where I've never been at zero on a property and I had zero for the last month in one of our properties, which was um, uncanny to say the least. And it's going to be a yin-yang from where we were last month to this month to see how it goes over. So those are the main points, really keeping the tenant communication open, making sure the channels are open. We can think through a lot of scenarios, we are also working on Kentucky on its own has a number of different programs that are potentially coming down a pipeline. So we've also now put out the award to tenants to make sure they're aware of the complete programs that are coming out. Also spoke to them that they need help. We will help them fill out the program applications to make it as seamless as possible for them to be able to get in front of this funding as well to make sure that's an point. So anything we can do to facilitate the process, for the tenant base is going to be key because there will be tenants that don't know about, it, there will be tenants that will send their hands about, it, there will be a lot of different things that will happen that will keep people from moving quickly. And time is going to be the essence right now where you're going to need to make quick decisions and move quickly because even if it is a need or an opportunity for funding, as you can imagine that if you do day one you wait to day 10, there's going to be a million applications in front of you or your tenant base that's going to need to get through before they can move down the pipe to you. So really, just doing everything you to do to keep communication with the tenant base, get ahead of it to facilitate everything you can with the tenant base, and then ultimately plan how you can cut costs in the back end. Working with management companies, talk to them to sideline and capital expenditure, basically projects that are not with life sustaining or not anything that's going to come up that's going to be a major issue that needs to be done today. There's a choice of. Painting a building, that's going to get sidelined. If it was something of a stair repair that was uh, potentially going to cause some kind of accident, that's going to get done. So we're going to look at what's vital to the property right now and what can be sidelined. We'll hold off on those projects also because you're going to see labor pools may be worried to work right now. They may not want to be doing these projects. So I know that it will be a time. I've also now reached out where the maintenance company was having, one uh, management company was having trouble finding workers, right? It's a root-driven part where it's been hard to source workers. Well, now there's going to be a lot of people out of work, so this will be a prime time where you can also help the other end to have more job opportunities available to people and now have a base of people who need new jobs.
1: How have you found it best to communicate with tenants right now? I know you mentioned like text messages and things like that because, yeah, I know a lot of tenants don't want, you know, workers or anybody coming into their units and... Mm-hmm. Partly I don't blame them, you know, obviously, unless it's something that's critical that we have to get fixed and we're going to get it fixed. But how have you found best to communicate? Because then, you know, they can't come in leasing offices a lot of times either. Or so it's put a barrier there for some. What do you all use?
0: So we do all chains of communication. Because you're not sure which each person deals with their own thing separately. Some people are texters, some people like the phone, some people like right. Facebook messenger. So we'll go through any different capacity. So we're emailing tenants, we're texting tenants, and there's straight up calls to tenants. And okay. you're going to find you have to communicate at all levels right here because each tenant is going to have the preferred chain of communication.
1: Right. What about, you know, just a couple of minutes left, Jason, before we run out of time, but you know, are you looking to still buy and invest in real estate right now, you know, in the near future? What's your outlook over the next few months and your all's investing plan?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're still passively aggressive and that's how we always are. And so we had one opportunity we were hot on right before this was happening. And we've stepped aside right now, just to look at the funding options. I think the funding options are going to be highly unique for the next couple of months. So we want to make sure that we can also do our words. Plus, I don't know if it would be quite best use of either party's time if we were to go on a contract on the property today because by the time we had the shakeout for the next two months of doing due, due diligence and everything here, the financial outlook is going to be, look completely different. So the property you started with is going to be a completely different property a month from today. So ultimately, is our buying criteria and potentially our pricing guidance going to change? Potentially. So at this we're letting things shake out for the next couple of weeks, being conservative on what we're looking at, we're still true to our numbers. We still know that this is a, um, a black swan event. And so looking at how this is happening, the need for real estate, the need for housing units is still going to be there as long as you buy right, have cash reserves, cash flow, and have long-term debt.
1: Uh, what's been your takeaway from your communication with your investors? Are they still looking to invest or are they you know, sitting on the sidelines or you know where have you seen that? Process be right now.
0: Complete mix. You do have people that are completely opportunistic, and then other people who have had a good share of money in the stock market who do want to invest now or have gotten crushed, or other people that are just concerned about their jobs. So it's an open communication with investors as well. You want to talk to them, you want to be open about the scenario of, of what could potentially shake down for, for new opportunities and get their guidance. And if an opportunity is there, there are people who will want to invest, but you do want to be cognizant of what their scenario is. I do know a couple of people that have lost their job already, and I know people that have had a pretty dire couple of weeks in the stock market. So those people may be waiting for things to shake out right now, depending on their age too. If they're younger, they may be a little more open opportunities. If you're someone you know who's an older person and you just lost 30% of your portfolio in the stock market and you're coming up in retirement, they may be a little less keen to dive in right now.
1: Yeah. All right, Jason. Well, grateful for your time. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but tell the listeners how you like to give back.
0: Oh, man. Well, right now, let's just say, how can you give back when? So let's just do something different than usual. How can you give back and can't get in the house and do anything right now? Well, there's a lot of people out there that feel isolated that I bet yeah. if you just reach out to them and said hello and just said, I'm thinking about you, I bet that would go a long
1: way. Love that. Jason, thank you again for your time and just sharing your expertise, definitely in these times. And I know other operators are grateful as well that are listening and and investors too, just that are wanting to know how operators should be managing their properties during these times and tell them how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you.
0: Sure. Yeah. You can go over to Yerusi Holdings. Uh, we have everything we're doing over there from learning to buy apartments or how you can learn about future opportunities or follow me on Instagram at Jason Yerusi. I run really far. I do that a lot. You can check out what we're doing over there. And so that's
1: usually the best way. Awesome, Jason. That's a wrap. Thank you very much. You got it, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode.